This is HPR episode 2474 entitled Open Source Gaming Hash Free The Atari Jaguar. It is hosted by the dude and is about 14 minutes long and carries an explicit flag. The summary is Episode 3 is about the Atari Jaguar, which has been open source since 1999. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. This is another episode of Open Source Gaming. Sorry that I've been absent for uh, the last month or two months. Not sure if I made a uh, episode in November or not. I know I skipped December, unfortunately. I got really busy there that month. But um, here we are continuing uh, Open Source Gaming uh, number three. And today we're not necessarily talking about a game, we're talking about a uh, platform. An open source uh, platform, which is the Atari Jaguar. Now this is the software, like the uh, operating system, like developing games for the system, not the hardware itself. So... um, at least I don't think the hardware for itself. I'm just basing this off of uh, something that's on uh, Wikipedia, which uh, linked me to Atari Age, and usually Atari Age uh, knows their shit when it comes to this. So uh, apparently, in uh, May fourth, I mean, sorry, May fourteenth, nineteen ninety nine, uh, Hasbro Interactive, who bought Atari uh, during that time, I'm not sure what the company's uh, call now, it's probably Atari, to be honest, but, <laughs> uh, anyway, Hasbro Interactive, uh, announced that, uh, it released all rights it may have to the vintage Atari hardware platform, the Jaguar. Hasbro acquired many rights, uh, many Atari properties, including Legendary Centipede, Missile Command, Pong Games, and in March 1998 from the JTS Corporation. Alright, the announcement will allow software developers to create and publish software for the Jaguar system to obtain a license agreement uh, without having to obtain a license agreement with uh, Hasbro Interactive for such platform development. Hasbro Interactive cautioned, however, that the developers should not use the Atari trademark or logo in connection with their games or present the games as authorized or approved by Hasbro Interactive. Uh, this was like in quotes from uh, Richard Cleveland, the uh, head of marketing of Hasbro's 
Atari Business Unit, and uh, he stated that Hasbro Interactive is strictly focused on developing, sorry, on developing and publishing entertainment software from the sorry for the PC and next generation game consoles. We realize that there is a passionate audience of diehard Atari fans who want to keep their Jaguar system alive, and we don't want to prevent them from doing that. We will not interfere with the efforts of software developers to create software for the Jaguar system. So, I have to say, this is uh, pretty cool to actually find that out. Uh, if you don't know, Atari, uh, the, the Atari Jaguar is the last uh, game console that Atari uh, made up until now with the Atari box. But uh, it was a big flop. Uh, there was uh, speculation if it was really 64-bit as they claimed, and it kind of was. It kind of wasn't. Uh, it was really hard to program for, but the problem uh, was basically uh, the system didn't sell well, and it got killed before its potential was shown. And uh, with uh, you know Hasbro being cool and releasing uh, the development rights or whatever, just basically make it an open source console to work with that. Uh, we can actually see how the potential of the console is. I really want to see someone develop a game and push it, the console to its limits, you know, to see uh, how uh, advanced the system was for its time, because it was very, very underutilized. Um, it got pretty much killed by the PlayStation and the 3DO at the time, and also the Sega Saturn. Um, there was also uh, a couple other problems that the system had, like the CD add-on was notorious for uh, um, not doing, I mean, not being the most reliable machine. Also, uh, the fact that uh, most of the games were 2D because people uh, would rather work with the uh, Motorola chip inside that was a 16-bit uh, um, processor because it was just easier to program for than uh, trying to get the uh, Tom and Jerry processors to work together. So, uh, like I said, the potential of the machine was not used, and it flopped. It flopped big time. And, um, but that's not to say that there wasn't any good games for the system, although there was a few... Uh, there was a lot of bad games, notoriously bad games for it, such as uh, Cybermorph, which was featured on AVGN, but there's also a few good games, such as uh, the Doom port's amazing, although it doesn't have any music. Uh, Alien vs. Predator is a really good game for the system. And uh, you really have to check it out. It's a very misunderstood machine, and uh, I really encourage, you know, people that want to kind of get into game developing to really see, like, what could have been. Because it always intrigued me, like, a lot of, like, the older, obscure consoles, such as, you know, the FM Towns Marty, which I was shocked to know that you can run alone in the dark on the damn thing. Like, 
<laughs> like that, like until I found out that I thought the 3DO was the only uh, game console to actually have a port of Alone in the Dark. And uh, what do you know? The FM Towns Marty actually uh, could do that. Um, but anyway, that's really all I gotta say about uh, that part for the Atari Jaguar. Uh, I also kind of uh, briefly uh, want to and um, touch upon uh, Atari's current console, which also has a uh, open source element since it's using Linux, so it's an open source operating system. So there's that to it, but I wouldn't really hold my breath or be too excited about it because there's a lot of uh, shady <laughs> things that are going on with it. It also seems like a uh, Ouya type console that has um, Linux running on it. And the only other console I could think of that did that was the uh, Evo Smart Console, uh, which which came on the market and then disappeared, and I haven't seen jack crap on that. So, it seems very, very, very uh, shady, like, back to that point. Um, but we'll have to see um, where things go with that. Hopefully... Uh, the Atari box is actually a good machine, but I don't expect it to. Even if also, even if it is a good machine, I don't really expect it to sell very well since um, it's obviously uh, digital games. And what really bugs me about when somebody like releases like a console, like a retro console, hash where it's just basically a bunch of games on a chip. Or, um, you can, or like in the case of the Atari box, uh, well, you can download the games off the internet and stuff. Like, literally, I really want to see someone that go after the nostalgia market by making a console that plays the physical, uh, games. Like, you can't tell me that won't sell. I mean, Atari games are super, super cheap online. You can get them for like a couple dollars, you know. Just have something with the system that I can play Atari games on. That, you know, can be hooked up to a modern TV without a, buying a whole bunch of damn uh, adapters or upscalers. So that way you can stream online with the damn thing. You know, it's like just having a uh, console that could just play the original hardware would be really, really nice. And also with, uh, be able to play newer games as well. And that's really what I want to see when they try to go after, like, the nostalgia factor. Which is what, you know, Nintendo did with, uh, their NES thing that they had. The NES Classic. And I didn't buy one because I'm like, if I'm going to buy, like, something that's has NES on it, I'm going to buy an actual NES system so that way I can play the damn games. It's simple as that. I'm not going to play, like, a NES 
uh, system that just has a bunch of games on a chip, and I can't play any more damn games besides the stuff that's on the console itself. I like to, you know, acquire my library and make it bigger, but that's just me. Um, other than that, there isn't really much to say. Uh, that's really what I got right now. Um, I'm hopefully gonna try to continue this series uh, next month. Uh, maybe try to do like more of like the uh, music theory. I have to re um, rewatch that episode so that way I know where I left off. Um, depends on how much time I have. But other than that, uh, keep on gaming, guys, and uh, hopefully uh, this uh, meltdown slash specter problem that uh, those security flaws don't affect everything uh, for too, too long. If not, well, I guess we'll have to uh, bring out the old Commodore 64 or Atari ST or any computer with a CPU that was made before 1995. <laughs> anyway, see you guys. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.